0: Welcome to another episode of Not Minding My Own Business. This is Russell Farbiars. I'm joined today uh, by Joshua Brooker uh, from Snap Health. Josh, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, sir. Um I wish I was as as dapper as you today. I am enjoying uh uh dress down, just came back from Father's Day. So
0: that's that's nice. I under, I understand you were you were off in the woods for Father's Day.
1: I was, yeah. Uh, this morning I actually caught a catfish and, and a few, uh, uh, sunnies, um, oh, nice. at, at the cabin we were at.
0: Yep. So is, is fishing, um, a, a hobby of yours?
1: Uh, no. Um, it was just something enjoyable to do for the weekend. So. Nice.
0: Very nice. Very nice. So Josh, uh, can you tell us a little bit about you and about your business?
1: Yeah. So, um. I am very much formally my background is, is uh, in finance and engineering so very analytical very um, very focused on doing a lot of research to, to come to a, a recommendation you know in, in both industries and my son was born on New Year's Day uh, about 10 years ago at this point nine and a half years ago and uh, we got double billed for that so they said the hospital basically said, technically he was admitted on New Year's day and his mom was admitted on New Year's Eve. And we had double. Yeah.
0: That's crazy. But
1: I, yeah. And I had 10 months of asking all the questions. So I, you know, analytical me, I, I asked, you know, what did labor delivery look like? What insurance should I have? How do I deal with this and that? And still, you know, had, had that, uh, aha moment after the fact. So um, since then, we started an actual agency in Lexer County, but we we help clients all around the country. I have clients in 11 states really navigating, not only getting insurance, but also claims and billing support thereafter. so we do quite a bit of work. Uh, I do have a cluster up in Leesport and the surrounding areas uh, ranging from Hamburg, all the way, you know, Lehigh Valley, all the way to uh, Berks County, trying to figure out um, the intricacies of the different health systems and, and how to help our clients. So Snap Health is really a progression of that agency. Okay. Um, In the insurance world, your traditional insurance broker is really excited if they have an ongoing relationship with a 1,000 or 2,000 clients in their area. Um, But we didn't start our agency to be a traditional insurance broker. We did it to try and help other people not have the same experience that we did. Um, So starting in about 2018, Uh, we started research and development on SNAP. So, SNAP Health um, was a way to kind of transcend just a local agency and be able to help more people. My role, I would say, over the last couple of years has been to help our clients and then also to be Involved in my trade. So I, I've been in a number of different trade group uh, committees around policy. Um, and Snap Health is kind of taking all of those pieces, building a digital platform to help more people around the country. So it'll actually take a lot of the laws that we have been monitoring, a lot of the Kind of what I say, boots on the ground, right? When we actually deal with clients, what their issues are, um, and build out systems that would make it to where the next person that has that problem, they don't have to reinvent the wheel because we've already solved the healthcare problem that they're running into.
0: Okay, so a couple, you know, a couple of things that I want to talk to you about. So it 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 sounds it sounds like your agency sort of does at least two things. What, what, one is that you, you will help, you help, um, clients obtain insurance. Yep. Uh, and do, do you work with the, with particular providers or do, you, or how does, how does that process work?
1: So, uh, we have 50, maybe a little over 50 different insurance carrier contracts. Um, Every carrier has to get re-approved each year on the plans they're going to offer. And within those rates that they get approved at the state level is a compensation, uh, a commission amount that is there for the brokers. Mm -hmm. Um, So we don't charge anything to help clients. And then we get paid from the commissions now we used to have a model where we did charge a fee to serve our, service our clients, um, but those were times when carriers didn't pay to uh, objectively give advice. At this point, most carriers pay about $20 a month per person that we're enrolling in insurance. So two things, one, it's not percentage-based we don't have a conflict of interest to try and recommend a more expensive option. And number two, it's about $20 a month. It's pretty flat across the industry, at least in the Pennsylvania area. Um, So for us, we're able to do our job and not worry so much about one carrier or another there's, they've flattened a lot of those conflicts. We do have a nonprofit as well. Um, Uh, that specifically deals in the Medicaid and CHIP markets. So if we have a client that comes forward that they're a startup and they have negative cash or uh, they're a family that's low income, then we can help them with navigating Medicaid and getting them coverage um, until they have positive cash flow um, or... uh, you know, they have a financial circumstance, a change in financial circumstances.
0: So Josh, you were, you were telling me uh, that you, you also work with clients on claims and billing. So how does that process work for you?
1: Yeah. So generally we're not stepping in uh, when it comes to, um, you know, a, a $20 medical bill or something like that. Generally speaking, um, we'll have uh, existing clients who will come forward saying, I'm not really sure how this met, this particular medical bill uh, works, where we're walking them through line by line on their bank statements uh, or walking them through their particular um, uh, uh, explanation of benefits. Mm-hmm. But there are certainly circumstances where we have far reaching arms when it comes to getting large medical bills settled. So uh, I can give you two examples. One was a client of ours who uh, they received a bill for um, about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. They yeah. So he's a general contractor, very much the type of person that avoids the doctor like the plague if he can help it. And uh, for all intents and purposes, very healthy. And he received uh, a medical bill because he fell off a curve. And, you know, um, usually hear about that, you know, for older people that they might hurt a joint or something like that or a hip for falling. But in his case, he found out that he was actually born with one kidney. And Um. we... Uh, he was enrolled in a plan that did not cover pre-existing conditions and that particular plan basically said yes you didn't know that you had only one kidney um, but it was pre-existing because you were born without a kidney Um, which gets into the legality of whether or not that's actually applicable because he answered the questions properly and was insured properly. So uh, we take it in stages. We'll actually um, advise the client directly to, uh, you know, adding us as the power of attorney. We do go that far. And in his particular case, we actually had to bring in a member of um, a, a state legislator's office in to deal with the insurance company to get the medical bills covered. So we do uh, hold our clients' hands and, and deal with uh, it on their behalf. The other one that I'm thinking of was a $750,000 medical bill. The, their, yeah, their baby was born in the NICU, oh uh, born, went to the NICU, and uh, the insurance company stopped their contract with the hospital before the baby was uh, dis- discharged. Mm-hmm. So the hospital sent out the medical bills three months later stating, "Oh, we don't actually have a contract with that, hosp- that insurance company. And in that case, we did have power of attorney, and uh, we got everything covered. Um, it, and, and the hard part is for a normal individual that you know uh, is a W2 employee that doesn't have the beans to handle that, uh, you know, they would have discharged that debt and they would have gone through a whole process with the, the hospital to get it taken care of. In this particular case, it was a self-employed individual where his business was doing about $3 million a year in revenue. So they could have potentially gone after his business had we not got that claim covered. So um, generally speaking, we will uh evaluate how severe the situation is and if we can step in and then we'll use our resources to help clients uh, navigate the the claims process
0: that's great that you do that now you you do this all, only for your current clients is this included as part of what you what you would do for them or, or there's this is there an additional charge when you get involved like that
1: there's there's no additional charge um, it's more uh, and, and it's not just existing clients. We have people that reach out to us. Um, and oftentimes it's me trying to figure out, can I help and how efficiently can I help? And if I have the capacity, we do it. So it's not something that we charge for. It's not a part of our business model, but it is something that if we know how to do it and get the, the bill covered, or at least do a clean handoff so that they can get as much help as they can, we will hold their hand to the extent we can okay
0: now do you you mentioned that you work with with medicaid and chip do you only work with that for in for low-income families or do you also work with um the the elderly population uh applying for medicaid we do uh uh,
1: we do work with the elderly population we also work as a broker's broker so we run into a lot of clients where um, they were referred to us by another broker mm-hmm. that helps them on the Medicare side, but mm-hmm. needs a uh, a hand to hold for the Medicaid side, and we'll step in and help them. Now, Medicaid is broad, right? right. We're not we're not stepping in for long term care support. We are specifically stepping in for the um, the medical uh, eligibility.
0: Yeah. I can tell you that because we, we do the long-term care support that it gets very complicated in a hurry. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's, there's, uh, there's a lot there that can, that can be done. Um, but it's, it's great to know that you're there as a resource, uh, for people. Uh, now what's the name of the nonprofit that, that you, that you run? Uh,
1: it's Helping Health
0: that's great that's great and so when yep. you work work with a with a client they don't pay you for 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 the work that's done it's just no it's just your way of giving back
1: yes the there are there are exceptions, but they really are exceptions to the rule in general, if I have a client that comes to me who technically qualifies for Medicaid because under 65, there's not an asset component, there's only an income component and they have $1.5 million in assets, then yes, they make a contribution to the nonprofit. But in a case like that, um, uh, it is basically funding the other people that need help. So uh, yeah, we generally don't charge unless there's a, a scenario where out of a technicality, they qualify. And it, even in that case, it's a $150 donation, which is more than like, we probably spend about 10 hours. Mm-hmm. So it's time for money. And in that case, it's $15 an hour, which is even you, undercharging for that cohort.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now you also mentioned that you're, that you have a digital platform or you're working on a digital platform can you talk a little bit about about that
1: yeah so i'll i'll walk you through the the uh the hypothetical scenario and then i'll explain more because i think that gives you some context sure imagine um imagine you go to a website and you put in my name's russell and you don't put in your last name you don't put in your email you don't put in your phone number And uh, you are going there either because you have a lot of medical conditions or because you're one of the 48% of the United States that doesn't get benefits through an employer. Um, And you log in and the system says, do you have insurance? And you say, yes, I have it through UPMC. Um, And I'm just picking them because it's Berks County and, I could go with Geisinger, I could go with anyone, but Mm -hmm. whatever. It would reroute you to UPMC's patient portal. You would log in, and it would feed all of your medical claims, all of your diagnosis, all of your clinical data, all of your physician notes into our system. And then immediately at that um our system would start a live record of you everything you related to health so um we we call it an untethered patient portal because it's not tied to UPMC it's not tied to um uh you know a hospital system or Uh, an employer, you could move to Myrtle Beach and pick it up and take it with you, Um, but it's your health briefcase. And then within that system, we're effectively taking the last 10 years of trial and error that we've done at the ground level and building out ways to help you navigate the healthcare system. To the extent that, yes, you can buy insurance on the platform, and that's really what our first piece is, is within the system, you'll be able to cover, care, compare, and circle. So cover is, obviously, if you're uninsured, that's the first problem we need to fix. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to offer an algorithmic recommendation on which plan to pick, if you have insurance and you you put that in the system, then we will start giving you all of the notes from all of your doctor's appointments and giving you dynamic recommendations. So yes, you can log into the My Health app from Epic or Cerner or Allscripts, but at best, your hospital has a static website that you can go to to log in, it's not giving you insight on how to actually get better at health. So our system will give you things like your doctor prescribed you a medication. If you show up at CVS and try and get a script and they tell you it's $300, it should be a $3 copay and you may need to request a prior authorization. So that kind of prompting is, is going to go, is going to follow you to help you navigate the system. Um, And, and again, those are from our clients uh, experiences where we've had clients that have called and they said, why is this $300? And we say, well, it should be a $3 copay. You probably just need a prior authorization. So
0: so that's really neat. So it, it, it really helps people navigate the maze that is our healthcare system so that they they don't get overcharged.
1: Correct. Because oftentimes you'd see that and you'd just pay it. You'd be like, oh, okay. My doctor gave me a new medication. I guess this is what it is. You know?
0: Yeah, you don't know any better because the pharmacist, unless you get a good one, uh, because I've had pharmacists who've said to me, no, 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 this isn't right. It should be a $3 copay, but you're just relying on that So this really gives people all those tools and those resources.
1: Right. And that goes back to in 2018, when we started down this path of building this, this system, Mm -hmm. I was in meetings with the department of health in DC talking about interoperability, price transparency, um, and the no surprises act. So I don't know, how familiar you guys are with that, uh, with with any of those three terms, but interoperability basically stated that everyone now has a digital file. We're not on the paper racks anymore, right? No one's medical record is sitting in their doctor's office on the wall. But when, when we went digital, everyone went with a different proprietary system. So the interoperability laws state that everything has to be the same language, every hospital, every insurance company has to have a dedicated uh, place that me as a third party can go to link up, have security protocols in place. And if Russell comes along and wants access, I can go and on behalf of him, request that access and pull it into a central system. So Mm -hmm. You know, obviously the other conversation we've been having is when it's you, your wife, two kids, you might have the two kids on chip. You might be on a different plan and you might have a dermatologist, you know, three primary care physicians and OBGYN, uh, dermatologists and, and one visit to the ER results in four different systems giving you, you know, anesthesiology, radiology, giving you different bills. The idea on our end is everything would be pulled into one system. So you don't have 13 different portals to log into either just to live. And on top of that, you add your parents if you become their caregiver Mm -hmm. and now their portals and their health and their system. Um, so we're really trying to build out uh, a platform, not uh, for for several different use cases. I have six pages of metrics that we're we're kind of tracking as wow. we build out the system.
0: That, but that's great. so is this a, is this live now, or is this something that's coming down the pike?
1: So, uh, like I said, it started in 2018. The, the delay is that the last piece of legislation that is legally binding starts July of 2022. So we've been in process building this um, slow and steady, testing and testing. The, the platform is set to be live August of this year. Um, so mid August. And we're raising capital at this point, Um, but we've got, we've had conversations both with CMS at the federal level, with Penny at the state level, with the Department of Insurance at the state level. Um, So we have a lot of different, uh, Penn State, um, we had a, a, uh, they're helping us with patent work, they're helping us, they have an MBA program that was helping us with marketing as well. So we've had a lot of different um, uh, education and government institutions kind of talking through things along the way, um, but yeah, we we've been very handicapped based upon the fact that we're waiting on legislation.
0: That's often the case, I'm sure, especially in your in your industry. Uh, yes. Now, is this is this going to be a, a, a service that? the clients or not yet clients can utilize uh, at no cost or is there going to be a cost associated with using this app?
1: So there will never be a fee to uh, consumers to use the platform. Um, again, the revenue that we would generate would be based upon if people buy insurance on the platform, our numbers to, uh, you know, I always say you can't, um, can't drive a car without gas so Mm -hmm. we're not we're not trying to build out a system that um, we can't keep running so our numbers that we're running based on assumes only one in ten people have insurance on the platform um and over the long haul like i said they're There are about 70 million people on Medicare. There are uh, currently about 15 million people in the individual market, 80 million people on Medicaid. So if we can help a lot of different people, um, then we don't have to charge. In addition to that, we have other sources of revenue, the patient portal that you log into on your hospital system. There's a cost for that to the providers. So if we can replace that in the long run, um, where we are the patient portal, there are other ways that, just within a, um, existing infrastructure, we can kind of build a platform for the patient first, mm-hmm. and not have to charge the patient.
0: Sure, sure. Wow, it seems it seems like you you definitely have a lot of very interesting things going on uh, in your in your business, and it really seems like you are really folk really customer focused though. And is this, is this all, have this, this all stemmed from your, your experience when your son was born or, or has are there other things that, that have driven you in this direction?
1: No, I would say that his situation led me down this path. And then over the last couple of years, just what I've seen with all of our other clients, it's either clients don't know um, how certain pieces of the healthcare system work or the answers they get from the health system are just flat wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, That I kind of feel like it's our duty at this point. I've been in in positions where um, I I will tell the client, like we'll be on a phone call and I'll say, I need to call over to XYZ company or, or whatnot here's what I'm going to say, they're going to tell me that's not possible, I'm going to ask for a supervisor, and the supervisor is going to say, oh yeah, we can do that, and then that exact situation happens, because a lot of your frontline people in, in, in the government, in Medicaid, in uh, the insurance companies, they're meant to deal with the day-to-day issues and oftentimes what i'm trying to fix are the cracks so um we've seen so many of these cracks that we're like oh i can fix that but it's going to take me taking step one through five and Mm -hmm. we do get it done but i i get it worries me a lot when i look at people that have to do it themselves and sure. the cl- the conversations i've had with a lot of um the brokers out there that do provide a lot of help those brokers are in the group market generally speaking because they um they can make a larger impact when it's a 50 to 5000 employer group now um in their case, it's it's a matter of time, right? If they can help a thousand people in in one fell swoop with an educational workshop on the healthcare system, then they're helping more people in the same vein, they're getting paid the $20 per month um, as, as I do. So to them, it's a better use of their time to help the groups and in my idea, or the way I look at it, is the individuals still need the help. So really that's what I'm looking at to get out of Snap Health is we're able to scale helping the individual. Because like I said, most people think, oh, I have it through work. You know, I have my insurance through work. And and out of 170 million people that have it through work, there's still 160 million people that don't. So
0: that's you, what we're trying to get to. And you work with clients or customers, not just in Pennsylvania, but across the country.
1: Correct. Yeah, we have clients um, really up and down the seaboard, uh, primarily because we do operate with Medicare, and wherever they retire, we wind up, mm-hmm. um, but well, we do have clients in New Mexico. I have a, a good chunk of clients in Texas, uh, Ohio, Michigan. Um, so there are pockets that we deal with as well. And if it is a state that we don't operate in, much like other professional industries, for us it's it's filing in that state and paying a filing fee. And in my case, I will do a lot of due diligence to add a state. So. Um, when we brought on a dental practice in uh, Tampa, Florida, I went through the process of verifying with the local hospitals, their preferred uh, insurance companies, and then I did a lot of research on the medications to make sure that that group had access to quality coverage and whatever their treatment needs were. Um, So, even if it is a state we're not in, we will do the work if uh, if a client needs us in one of those states we're not in just yet.
0: Well, wonderful. Well, well, Josh, I, I'd like to just turn for a couple minutes and, and talk a little bit a little bit about you. Um, you. You do so much, you know, to to give to give back uh, and to help people with healthcare. But what do you do when you aren't working?
1: Working. No. <laughs> no, I I um I don't know. It's this is definitely a job that I enjoy doing. Oftentimes I'm reading policy uh when I have free time. I am a Bears fan. Um so I do like football in the fall. Um uh I'm a photographer as well. So Normally if, if I'm in a location, like when I'm in DC meeting with the Department of Health, I will make sure that I have a half day or so in the area to, to walk around and, and just enjoy the day and, and take pictures. Nice. Um, so I squeeze it in where I can uh, during the summer. Because it's usually quieter than in in uh, the fourth quarter when everyone's looking to get their insurance right. renewals. I will sneak away uh, a, a few times to uh, go kayaking as well. So um, just like to be outside and and uh, decompress. Mm-hmm. I'm an introvert, so those are those are uh, uh, individual um, exercises. I can play pool. I can you know, uh, take my camera anywhere and, and recharge.
0: Yeah, that that makes, that makes sense. What's your favorite kayaking spot?
1: Uh, I, around here, I've been going to the Susquehanna, um, uh, on the border of Lancaster County and York County. I'll go, uh, kayaking and, uh, usually for a couple hours, the, there's a uh, chickies Rock Outfitters that will actually take the kayak up the river and and I kind of paddle back down. So, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. yeah.
0: Very nice. Well, Josh, thank you so much uh, for be, for being on. Not minding my own business. Um, I truly, I really enjoyed having having you and 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 learning uh, about how how you can help our listeners with all of their healthcare needs. If if anyone is looking to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that?
1: Um, I would say email or our website. If it is an individual that's looking for insurance, like if they're, if they're self-employed and trying to find insurance, uh, they can always start on our website. Generally speaking, I uh, really, um, I delegate my calendar. I don't look at it until the morning of, generally speaking, Um uh, Erica Hollingsworth on my team is is the one that handles it because I don't really know where I'm going from one day to the next. Just trying to to either hold meetings or or fit admin in. So um, I would say if you start on uh, pahealthadvocates.com backslash cal for calendar, um, you can always get on my calendar or if you email email me at jbrooker at snaphealth.me, like me, um, or jbrooker at pahealthadvocates.com, then I can get back in touch with you.
0: Well, wonderful. Thanks. Thank you again, Josh, for being on the show.
1: Sure. Yeah, thanks, Russell. I, I appreciate you reaching out.